Welcome back to another episode of Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk. Today, myself and the Cowboy himself, Jalen Mooney, will go over some of the top five QB rankings for South Carolina and then some more college football news. Jay, what do you want to start out with today? Yeah, buddy, let's start out with Trent Perriman over at Daniel. He's a 6'2", 180-pound prospect. His pro comp is Chase Gabers, Cal's backup quarterback. This year, he threw for 2,800 yards, 35 touchdowns to two picks. He averaged 278 yards a game, and he was a state title winner. With this, we had to put him number one overall for a season. He he absolutely dominated this season. We're not saying he's the best player at, at the position in the state as far as college prospect, but in the state of South Carolina this year, he blew us out of the water. What you got to say about him, Brady? He looks really, really good. He's a junior, correct? Yeah, he's junior. a junior. The kid threw 35 touchdowns and only threw two interceptions, and he comes off of a state championship. That's not easy to do, especially in the 3A division. He had to take down a Chapman team, which is very good. Trent Perriman's got a good future ahead of him, I think. I don't think he'll be a insane college prospect, but whatever college gets him, he's going to do good for. At number two, we had Marshall Skoloff. Marshall Skoloff is 6'2", 190. He goes to Eastside High School. His pro comp is Connor Shaw. Um, Marshall's just recently signed with Stetson University. This season... He had 2,200 yards on a 58% completion percentage. He averaged 313 yards a game. He had 18 touchdowns and six picks. What's your thoughts on this kid, Jay? Marshall's an absolute gamer. He reminds me of Connor Shaw a lot. He's got the it factor. He runs track. Very fast guy. Very athletic. I mean, he can sling it down the field. How he had offers that he did, not some of better caliber, I have no clue. He really got hurt from a COVID year where a lot of college scouts didn't get to get out and look at the prospects. He also missed a few games, a few this, games year well. this year. But Skoloff is an absolute monster. Look for him to go and do big things at Stetson and maybe sneak into the – he's good enough to possibly, if he develops right, sneak into the draft or transfer to a bigger school down the road sometime. I'm not saying he'll be an early-round pick. Look for him to be an undrafted free agent or a seventh, eighth-round pick. Well, not eighth, but seventh-round pick in the draft. I mean, that's, that's how much I like the dude. Does it kind of remind you of a smaller Taysom Hill, possibly? Smaller Taysom Hill, but I think that doesn't do his arm talent enough. That's why we decided on Connor Shaw because uh, his arm talent's more Connor Shaw, and he doesn't have that Taysom Hill breakaway speed. He's got that shifty elusiveness that Connor Shaw possesses, and that's really the main thing we like about him. But next up, we got my favorite quarterback prospect. He didn't have the greatest year, but he only played in six games. But he's just the best prospect in the state, so there's no way we'd keep him out of the top five. And that's uh, Jaden Davis, 6'2", 190-pound prospect from Catawba Ridge. Pro comp is Jaden Daniels, Arizona State quarterback. This year he threw for 839 yards, 11 TDs, three picks, ran for 127 on the ground, and three touchdowns. And he averaged 140 yards a game. Now, his numbers don't wow you, but for a freshman playing in a tough foray, and what he was able to do, let him pass the solid Greer team in state, and not in state, but in the playoffs. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He can do it with his legs, but he doesn't lean on his legs. He's got an absolute cannon for an arm. This dude's just going to be a stud down the road. Look for him to really have a huge year, too. And uh, Catawba Ridge is, is a program who's only been around for three, four years now. So, I mean, he's looking to absolutely put them on the map. Watch out for this guy. All right, number four, we have the Dutch Fork quarterback, Will Taylor. Will Taylor is 5'10", 150 pounds. He's a little undersized. Uh, his pro comp is Julian Edelman. Of course, everybody knows Julian Edelman, the QB at Kent State. Got drafted by the Patriots. Ended up being a receiver, uh, a great receiver, a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. Uh, he just signed with Clemson. 
at quarterback. He also signed with them at, at baseball as well. This year, he had 2,200 yards on a 67 completion percentage. Uh, he averaged 223 a game. He threw for 21 touchdowns and only four picks, and he had a QB rating of 130. What's your thoughts on this, Will Taylor? Will Taylor's nice. Look for him to play wide out at Clemson. Look for him to come out and just – Clemson's known for taking these smaller guys, these not highly touted guys coming out of high school and developing, developing them into absolute monsters at that slot wide receiver role. Look for much of the same with Will Taylor. The guy's an absolute baller. He's a gamer. He loves the game. But he's also a baseball player, so he's got good footwork. He's got a cannon of an arm, but he's just a little undersized to play quarterback in the next position. But look for him to absolutely dominate in that Clemson receiver room and add a lot of heart to the team. Next up, we got Will Madison, a 6'5", 195-pound prospect from Northwestern. His pro comp is the guy who was at Northwestern doing it before him, Mason Rudolph, the current Steelers backup quarterback and former star at Oklahoma State. This is a guy who threw for 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. He averaged 190 a game. He had a 103.5 QBR. And on a team that was not really pass-heavy like we've seen in previous years. I mean, Will Madison just came out. He's an absolute stud. He stays in the pocket, delivers a pretty ball. He'll take the hit just to complete the pass. I look for him to have a pretty good college career with his size. Uh, He looks just like Mason Rudolph when he was in high school. I mean, look for this dude to absolutely next year for the recruiting circuit to hit him and look for him to go lower D1 school, maybe Division II, and absolutely do some nice things at the collegiate level. Congrats to our top five QBs in the state. That's just our opinion. You might think different, but that's what we think, so we're going to roll with it. Yeah, next up we got uh, sad news to break down. Uh, Pac-12, freshman of the year, and Utah running back Ty Jordan has tragically passed away on uh, Christmas Day from a self-inflicted gunshot wound and accident, but that tells us we need to be precautionary with guns, and gun safety is a very big thing. But uh, sad to see he had big things going into the future. He He was put this Utah team on his shoulders as a freshman. We hate to see stuff like this. His thoughts and prayers from us are with his family. And uh, I just, I know Utah came out and made a statement today, but do you think they play I don't, in the bowl game? Part of me wants to say that they won't, but honestly, as a teammate, you want to go out there and kick butt for your, for a fallen soldier, really, on your team. I think Utah's going to play, and I think they're going to have a bunch of emotion this game. Watch for Utah to come out in this game mad and just absolutely destroy their opponent. Yeah, yeah. I can agree much of the same. Uh, prayers to Utah's football team as well. Next up. Uh, Dabo says uh, he's doubling down on Ohio State this week, Jay. What's uh, Dabo's a lot of strong words so far. I guess he's just trying to get his team fired up, but – way I'm looking at it, it's about to backfire in his face. Ohio State's got a lot of material. They already hate Clemson. They lost to him the previous two years. On some bull crap. Yeah. Uh, look for Ohio State to come out fired up. You hate to see it. You love to see Dabo's confidence in his team, but you hate to see him knocking on another team. If Dabo's in the same boat, we know how Dabo is. He's on the stage right now. We got six wins over quality opponents. We beat them all by 30. Dabo's on the stage talking about how Clemson should be in the playoff. So, I mean, it's just his – Honestly, what it's looking like right now is Devin might be a little scared to play Clemson the way he keeps talking about it. I think he's just trying to get his team fired up to cover up. Get fired up. Because I think he might be a little worried about this Ohio State team that match up well on paper. But, I mean, uh, he's trying to get his team fired up. But I I think it's going to end up backfiring. And Ohio State's just taking this and it's just adding fuel to the fire. 
Next up, Beamer made his second hire. This is Pete Thamel from Memphis as a special teams coordinator. You know this is a good hire because Beamer was a special teams coordinator himself, you know, so uh, he knows a little bit about the business. He knows he what knows, he wants. He knows the best in the business. He went out and got it. His first hire was a former coach down at uh, Hammond Academy in Columbia. Big time hire. I like that he's keeping the hires within the state, giving these high school coaches a chance to come in. He'll be the tight ends coach. I want to see what he does with Bobby Bentley. Curious about that. But uh, once again, I love to see him hire the in-state guys. Should establish a strong connection with these high school coaches in the Midlands area and across the whole state as Hammond's well-respected. And he should be able to go in and land some marquee prospects in the area. Now, I really like the hires. But uh, next up, let's talk about some bowl games. All right, so first up, let's go over the Boca Raton Bowl, which was BYU and UCF. BYU actually come out here and show that they got disrespected with playing UCF. The 16th, the 16th ranked team in the country takes down UCF 49 to 23. Yeah, it wasn't even a game really. Georgia Southern comes out, lays a smackdown on LA Tech 38 to 3. What a solid team and a solid season this Georgia Southern team has had. Shaw Wirtz is a baller. They're a QB. Yeah, he's, a, he's baller. a baller. Next up, we had Memphis taking on FAU. Memphis takes down FAU 25 to 10. What a game. Next up, we had a little bit of an upset. Hawaii knocks off Houston 28-14 in the New Mexico Bowl. In the Camellia Bowl, we saw Buffalo and Marshall squaring off. This was a great ball game. Buffalo comes out on top, though, 17-10 over the Thundering Herd. The number 19 team in the nation, the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns, come out and put on an absolute performance in the first quarter and the first half, really. But then they let uh, UT San Antonio come back. It was a, what was it, 21-17 ball game? I think so. Or 24-17, something like that. And then next thing you know, at the end of the day, they handle their business and win 31-24. Good job, Bob. Uh, Bill Billy Napier, what a season he's had. In the Lending Tree Bowl, we saw Georgia State taking on Western Kentucky. Georgia State takes down this Hilltoppers team 39-21 to in a somewhat, I mean, pretty much dominant performance. And in the Cure Bowl, we have a little bit of an upset brewing. As the Mullets of Coastal Carolina, the 12th-ranked team in the land, the Chanticleers are down 17-13 to the Liberty Flames at halftime. Hugh Freeze just absolutely coaching. This is a well-coached game. We knew that coming in. Uh, love to see who wins this game, but right now a little stats for us. Uh, I'll take care of Liberty. You can take care of Coastal. We got uh, Malik Willis at Liberty, 6 for 12, 75 yards, and a one interception as this mullet defense is really good. But Malik Williams also has 11 carries for 51 yards and two TDs. And don't count out Joshua Mack. Running back has two carries for 32 yards on the day. What do you think about it so far? I think it's going to end up being a ball game. Grayson McCall is balling out right now. He's 11 for 16 with 141, one touchdown, no picks. And on the ground, he has 54 yards. They don't have any rushing touchdowns. Their only touchdown looks like it came through the – yeah, their only touchdown came through the air unless they had a defensive touchdown. No, their kicker, Massimo Biscardi, is two for two right now. He's contributed to seven of their points. So I'm guessing they missed a PAT. But Grayson McCall is out here balling out. I hope Coastal ends up pulling this one out in the end just to represent South Carolina well. Uh, Some upcoming ball games we have Tuesday. Oklahoma State takes on Miami. What's your thoughts on that game? Yeah, it should be a pretty good ball game. But uh, Oklahoma State, they're going to have their hands full of the Miami team, who's very motivated as uh, Derek King just announced he's coming back next season. In the Alamo Bowl, we'll see Colorado taking on Texas. I like Colorado in an upset. I like Colorado a lot, and I was talking about that earlier in the week. This Texas team just, they're falling apart, a lot like Louisiana State University. Give me Colorado, the Buffaloes in this one. 
In the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is on Wednesday, Wake Forest will take on Wisconsin. Wisconsin probably feels disrespected taking on a Wake Forest ball team. Yeah, look for Wisconsin to just come out and smack them around. And then Wednesday at 4 o'clock p.m., we have the Music City Bowl, 15-ranked Iowa against Missouri. That might be a pretty good ball game. Should I be a ball like game. Missouri in that Should game. Should be a ball game. In the Cotton Bowl, we on Wednesday at 8 o'clock primetime, we see Oklahoma taking on Florida, number seven versus number six. This sh- might be a good ball team, might not. I mean, a ball game. Florida done come out and said that Oklahoma is not on their level. They're talking trash once again. We saw it happen last time with the LSU game, which was also in this Florida-Oklahoma matchup. Yeah, I, I can't say I disagree. Florida's got a better defense and a better offense. It's not many times we get to say that about Oklahoma, but Florida feels disrespected right now because they came out, played their hearts out against Bama, still lost. Look for them to come out here and just smack Oklahoma around in Kyle Trask's last game in a Florida uniform. In the Armed Forces Bowl, we see the 24th-ranked Tulsa Golden Hurricane taking on an SEC team, Mississippi State. That is Thursday at 12 o'clock. That should be a dandy of a game. Look for Tulsa to come out and beat up on an SEC opponent. In the Arizona Bowl, we see the 22nd-ranked team in the country, San Jose State, taking on Ball State at 2 o'clock p.m. San Jose State is undefeated this year. Hold your horses, Birdie. Mississippi State will not get beat up on. Look for them to come out there and put on an absolute performance in a nice ball game and maybe potentially sneak away with the top 25 win. But next up in the Liberty Bowl, we got West Virginia and Army. This should be a dang good ball game. I'm not ready to make a pick yet. I guess we'll make a pick Tuesday. We'll make a pick on Tuesday. And then in the Texas Bowl, we got Arkansas, TCU, and what should be an absolute barn burner. Two decent offenses and decent defenses. Arkansas has had a really great year on Sam Pittman. No one's seen this coming. And I think they ride that momentum and get the win over TCU. Me as well. In the Peach Bowl, we have the ninth-ranked Georgia Bulldogs taking on the eighth-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm just going to have to go with Georgia. They're an SEC team. Cincinnati's not ready for an SEC team. Give me the dogs. JT Daniels playing out his mind. The defense just gave me the dogs. Next up in the – Verbo Citrus Bowl, we have the Auburn Tigers against the 14th-ranked team in the land, the Northwestern Wildcats. Northwestern has played good all season. They come in this game a bit overmatched. Look for Bo Nix to come out there and show, without a coach, with a coach. It don't matter. Give me the Tigers. Next up, we have the Rose Bowl at 4 o'clock on Friday. They're playing in Texas. They're playing in Texas this year, yes, sir. Number one-ranked Crimson Tide of Alabama and the number four-ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish. I think Alabama comes in this game looking to smack around Notre Dame, who's highly overrated in many in most people's opinion that I've spoke with. So, look for this to be a ball game. Not really a ball game. I'd say Alabama by 24 at the current moment. In the Sugar Bowl, which is also a playoff game, we see Clemson, Clemson taking on Ohio State. Dabo's talking the mess. Ohio State is not saying much. I think it's just brewing their – that, that fire is burning, boy. Let me tell you what, Ohio State's going to come out on top in this game, I believe. Hey, you changed your prediction from I last week. I think I'm going to change it. And, hey, this after is, what Dabo has been saying. You didn't uh, need no more fire in this game. After what happened last year, the controversial hit, the close game, what happened the year before, uh, a few years before that when Clemson came out and destroyed them, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, they've been rivals since high school. Dabo's pouring it on there. I don't understand why, but it should be a ball game. But like I said last week, Give me Ohio State by seven in a 30-point game. In the Gator Bowl, we see an ACC-SEC showdown. We see NC State, which is the 23rd-ranked team in the country, taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. What's your thoughts on this SEC-ACC showdown? Should be a ball game. Give me the – in the end, I think I might have to take NC State. Me as well. 31, 
24. I'm going to have to go to NC State. In the Outback Bowl, this might be a great game, but Indiana probably feels disrespected. They're 11 in the, 11th in the country, and they play an Ole Miss team, but Ole Miss is looking good this year. Yeah, Lane Kevin has Ole Miss right. At the beginning of the season, this game would not have been close, but without Phoenix Jr., I'm going with the Land Sharks, 31-20. All righty, the Fiesta Bowl this year is going to be played between Oregon and Iowa State. This is a 25 versus 10 game. Iowa State is 10. I've looked for Brock Purdy to come out here and destroy this Oregon defense. Oregon has no business in this game. Give me Brock Purdy and the Cyclones. And the last game of the year, other than the national championship, will be the Orange Bowl. And that is, and this is another SEC-ACC showdown. This game at is going to be played time. on the second at Prime Time. It's going to be between Texas A&M, the fifth-ranked team in the land, playing the 13th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. I look for Sam Howell and Kellen Mond to absolutely duel it out this game. Whoever put UNC in this game must have a must hate UNC because they don't have any business in this game. They come in over undermanned and overmatched against a Texas A&M team who probably should be the fourth seed in the playoff right now. Mm-hmm. Look for Texas A&M to come in and just put on a defensive showdown. Especially with them, they're mad right now. They, they don't want to be in the playoffs. They might, UNC might get lucky with the defense they have to hold Texas A&M to 40. And Texas A&M hasn't scored a lot this season. And with the Texas A&M defense, UNC might get lucky. Well, it's going to take Sam Howell playing out of his mind to go over 30. Give me A&M, 42-27. Alrighty, and that's where we're going to wrap up this episode of Birdie and the Cowboys Sports Talk. As always, feel free to share our podcast and to continue to support the podcast and get our podcast out. Once again, thank you for listening to Birdie and the Cowboys Sports Talk.